money. <laughs> I have gum. Is that super professional? Okay, I think we're re- um I think we're recording. Okay. Okay. All right, you ready? Ready. Hey girl. <laughs> hey girl. Happy motherfucking Wednesday. <laughs> happy hump day we did it we made it to wednesday we are here oh my gosh hi everybody i missed everyone so much girl we it feels like we haven't recorded in so long i know i know it really does how are you feeling (sighs) so um (laughs) i am feeling good um so i had surgery and um why is like do you hear my dog yeah (laughs) (laughs) like mom y'all i didn't hear not one bark not one thing happen the whole time i was like down here setting up and listening to another podcast as soon as we start recording okay thank you (laughs) um yes so (laughs) I had surgery. Um, I had my gallbladder removed and a hernia repaired. Um, and so I had that a week ago. And so I am resting um, at home. How's currently. that going for you? Resting. And well, I'm doing my best to rest. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to rest when you're in school um, and working. So and have kids and doing a podcast, right? And but I'm doing the best I can. I am. <laughs> I know. So I am doing the best that I can out here. But you know what? That's a really beautiful. I haven't. I haven't really been doing anything. Okay, good. I don't believe that, but I yeah. think that's great that yeah. you believe that, and I love that you're doing your best to rest. No, girl, I really have. I've been listening to the doctor. I haven't been doing anything. Um, the only time I've gone out is when I've absolutely had to go do something. Right. that I could not make it on Zoom or or anything like that. So um, I am a social worker and I'm going to be working at the school district here with elementary school kids and little babies and so i'm gonna be working with them the ones that are a part of like a you know um like i'm part of their behavioral care team okay so okay i was gonna ask you so cute the kids are so cute and tiny (laughs) (laughs) and tiny girl kids are the best do you so i was gonna ask you about that i don't know i know what social workers can do when you're, when you say you're a social worker, are you like specifically yeah. like, I'm a child social worker. I'm a social worker for families. I'm a social worker for the disabled or does it like all encompassing? I was going to ask you that. So it, yes, it can be all encompassing. So being a social worker can be all of those things. Like you can work in so many different fields. Um, it's not just working in the department of, you know, child and youth and stuff like that. It's not just about taking people's kids away. 
Um, you know, there's politicians who are social workers. You can work in human resources. You can, um, you know, city planning and different things. You can work in schools, um, geriatric, working with like older people and everything. So all those things you mentioned, you can work as social workers. There are people who work in a social work job, but aren't necessarily like a licensed social worker who went to school and have like the degree right. to become a social worker and things like that. Or so, the masters. Um, in the school where I'm at, oh, or the masters. Period. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when will it end? May. You're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I really feel like I am just like counting down the seconds, and I'm just like, Me when is I'm at a time, girl, just when is I'm at a time. So what I'm doing basically in a school setting is, um, anytime a kid needs kind of like extra support, um, they have groups built every day. So like kindergarten, we'll have a little group with the kids that are involved in the program, and they'll come out. Um, they can eat lunch with us. They can have, they have like breaks to where if a kid just needs to, a break, like go get some water, go to the bathroom, come play. Like I played Jenga with a kid for like five minutes and um, to kind of get them relaxed and stuff and, you know, to sit still again and be able to go through. And then also in case there's any type of incident or anything, they can call us and like, hey, one of your students is having a hard time at recess. So, you know, you need to come help them out in different things. So um, I'll have different um, kids as like their cases and stuff. So I have my own kind of cases that I'll be working on and I'll be working with the kids. And you can also work... Um, with their families as well, as well. So in case I ever need to meet with the family, I can do that in the school. I can do that in the home, different things. Um, so I'm super excited to do that. I really like, I don't, I love kids I so, so much. You're but great since having kids. a kid, I, <laughs> I feel like I am great with kids, but I don't really want to work with kids because I just feel like I am just going to be too attached to all the babies and just like love them too much. <laughs> Well, and like then you're like, Amber, why do you have, have 97 about? kids? No, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it is having good boundaries and and you know being able to not take your work home with you and and that kind of stuff. Girl, that's why I don't work with kids. What I would I would be fighting everybody. I'd be like, what'd you do to what'd you do to <laughs> come over and meet me around the block? You know what I'm saying? So I really do think that you right. have to have healthy boundaries like i'm i'm suspended from school now i'm they're like we had to suspend the social um, worker no right but, now there's a problem but so i think that i'm yeah. laughing because but i feel like it does take a lot of mental forethought and restraint to be able to be like i love kids i would be great with kids but also i have to maintain a professional boundary to where i can help more kids in the long run and just knock out some parent you know what i mean who ultimately was probably just mistreated the right same, you know yeah yeah girl Ugh. yeah you know and and it's and it's hard yeah and, and you love these kids and and you become part of their lives and stuff so it's definitely and you have to like build a relationship for them to trust you, for them to be able to open up and be vulnerable with you, for you to be able to help them. Right. And at the same time, have healthy boundaries. <laughs> so, yes, it is, you know, a lot. It's all often. So, that's part of my, um, just my last year of in school. 
um, finishing my master's. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, I did do a podcast. Um, Don't Give Up the Ship podcast is out now. It's available. It's episode 111. And I'm told that's an angel number. So yay, good luck for that. So that's available wherever you get your podcast from. And you can find that and listen. So Chelsea, what are some updates with you since the last time we talked? Girl, real quick before I just want to say we did share that on the Instagram, on the politics but make it fashion Instagram, but I can definitely share it again just in case yeah. just for reference so everyone can make sure they go give that podcast a listen. It was dynamite. Um, but girl, same old thing. I am just working franchise. I'm actually, I'm actually at my, um, part-time job right now. I just finished, but it's podcast night. So I didn't want to miss it. So, um, side note, if you are in the greater Philadelphia, well, I love where you are though. I think it looks really cute. This is the studio where we do lashes and brows. I work here on weekends yeah, and it looks some so evenings. Cute. Um, my boss is the realist, but yeah, so just, so for my full-time job, the end of the month is always a very intense time, but, um, yeah, I kind of came out of that. This today starts a new month and I'm on a five day fast. This is day three and yeah, feeling good. How's feeling, that going? Feeling good. Feeling good, feeling ready to rock and roll. I am PMSing, <laughs> good. so like I was getting irritable, and I was like, "Am I?" I'm like, "I'm not even hungry." It's because I'm like, you know, like my body's going through, you know, <laughs> yeah, the PMS, but going through a that. lot. And yeah. yeah, and they said, "And you're starving me," so um, <laughs> <laughs> and you're starving me. But you know, I have to go to LA for work next week, and that sounds like so glamorous. It's not. It's really not like at all. And, um, I love I love LA. I don't think I hate any place more than I hate LA. Besides the South, Ugh, I shouldn't say so. I, just I mean, I wouldn't want to live there, but uh, we have a friend. We have the a weather, friend. the beaches, out loud. But we have a mutual friend who moved from New Jersey to LA, and she and her husband love it there. They think it's like the best place they're like are obsessed they're like we're living here we're buying a house here we're gonna raise our kids here and i'm just like and i know i'm alone in this opinion unpopular opinion it's we're five minutes in it's time for an unpopular <laughs> opinion i'm like why why do you love it then i do i cannot stand la personally but i have to go for work i don't travel like that for work but like once a year but um i feeling a little bit of anxiety yeah. trying to prepare for that and get ready for it um, but I'm doing it like a big girl. I'm going to put my big girl panties on and just handle it. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, you know, girl, same old, same old, just out here <sighs> hustling these streets. Yeah. Hey, um, so I actually <laughs> wanted to ask you a question. I didn't get to ask you this, but the hundred days of school is coming up for the kids. Friday. And uh, has Maddie ever done the hundred days school? And are you making her outfit? Because apparently the best moms make the kids outfits. So. Do they work? Do they have jobs? <laughs> like, I'm just curious. I don't Chelsea girl. Look. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, because of course, so Maddie did do 100 Days of School. She did it last year, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to recycle the outfit. I didn't make it, but I did put it together. I put my child's hair in rollers, and I tied a mom scarf around it. Okay. <laughs> And then I put mm-hmm. her in like this kind of like pilgrimy, not pilgrimy, but you know, like the dresses, like they're kind of old fashioned a little bit with a cardigan sweater with just yeah. button buttoned, white tights and ballet right. flats. And she looked like a mama. <laughs> I'm doing that. It's Friday. Friday Aww, the first day school. That's what I'm yeah. Daddy. Girl, I know you are hand stitching for down to <laughs> the very minute button detail for Jacqueline. Well, girl, I called myself trying to be like not do all that and cuz I am recovering. I'm supposed to be resting. Mm-hmm. So I ordered her a t-shirt that just said like 100 in school on it and everything. And so then she's like, "Well, mommy, you know, this year I really want to be an old lady." And I'm like, oh. I was like, "I thought we wanted to wear a t-shirt." And she's like, <laughs> "Just no, let's no and i was like all right well we're wearing the t-shirt we're putting a cardigan on and i have a wig from last year okay um and we have rollers and stuff and i'm gonna do the scarf but her outfit that she wore last year is way too small i mean it's completely like she grew like three feet so girl so i'm gonna have to figure out something else <laughs> I, I feel like that's great so yeah so i called myself being proactive and for what yeah for what throw it away Girl. and it's the shirt is so cute it says like 100 days smarter and i was like oh you know but <laughs> she's like mm, that's you know not, these kids she's do. not vibing it what can you do she yeah yeah she's like um you know i like where your head's at but that's not where i'm going at all so we're just gonna <laughs> you know scrap <laughs> bring it back bring it back we're not gonna do any of that that's all right all right so yeah um so let's get into some um uh, stories here like so this obviously uh tyree nichols has been all over everywhere um tonight this evening afternoon they had his funeral on um, I saw it was on CNN. Uh, I'm sure they had it streaming on other places too as well. When I had I just turned it on, I think Al Sharpton was giving the eulogy and stuff like that. I believe Kamala Harris um, attended the funeral and stuff as well. So some background kind of on a story, because I'm sure there's probably people who don't really know. Um, on January 7th, Five black police officers from Memphis Police Department severely beat a 29-year-old Tyree Nichols, a black man, during a traffic stop, resulting in his death three days later in the hospital. So Tyree Nichols is 29 years old. He um, is driving. He gets pulled over. Um, I don't think there's any footage or anything from that initial pullover. They both said he was pulled over for reckless driving. Um, so then he gets pulled over. There's an initial altercation that happens. He runs away and I believe they chased him, caught up with him. And then the second altercation happens. And that's when he kind of gets, um, beat up and tased and things like that. So there is a video that was released, um, The five officers of the Memphis Police Department were fired, and on Thursday, each were indicted with charge of the second-degree murder. 
aggravated assault, acting in concert, two counts of aggravated kidnapping, two counts of official misconduct, and one count of official oppression. Um, so yeah, like they, the way that this was handled, um, to me is how all of these cases should be handled. You know, this happened and it, it was about a month ago and this was fast. You know, they opened investigation. Um, the police department seemed to be pretty transparent with the public about what was happening. Obviously the family was talked to first and the family saw the video first and everything before it was made public. Um, but yeah, like it, it happened so fast. So the five officers involved in the stop were initially placed on administrative leave immediately following the incident. And then they were fired. Um, the department cited multiple department police policy viol violations, including those of the use of force and failure to render aid. Um, I felt like that was something super interesting that they mentioned because i don't know if you'd ever paid attention to other like um police brutality cases but one of the kind of the big things on them that people forget is a lot of times these people are left lying in the streets before they're dead and they're not given aid they're you know an ambulance isn't called nobody's coming to help them they're not getting cpr they're not getting any of that and and people are just lying they're dying and it and you kind of look at the police officers involved and the EMTs and stuff. And it's like, okay, so you just subdued this person or whatever, but now we're just going to leave them here to die. And so I found it very like, wow, that those charges were actually included in this because I hadn't heard that before. And I, I do believe that some of the, um, the EMTs and things like that, according to, um, this was on like NPR had been fired and placed on leave and stuff as well because they did not render aid. And I think it's like 28 minutes until he receives help. Like he's, um, they placed him up against a police car. He was handcuffed. He's bleeding. He's, he's crying for his mother. Um, I believe he falls over on the ground. They lift him back up. He falls over a couple more times and then he's just lying on the ground. And it's a long time before anybody, you know, comes over to, to help him. So, yeah. But, so that's like the overall, like kind There's of that. synopsis <laughs> of like, what of this. Yeah. Absolute tragedy, but it's crazy. Cause I was actually listening to, um, actually Ben Shapiro cover this and he's like, he's like, in this is getting turned into all kinds of stuff, but like, if you walk it back to the very beginning, the whole reason that they're they're being charged with two counts of kidnapping is because this this pullover, this traffic stop and arrest weren't technically that's that's one of the big questions right now that we're probably going to see as this case unfolds. Yeah. Is yeah. that like they don't even think this was a valid traffic stop to begin with. Like, like it's very questionable right. if he was yeah. even driving recklessly. And then the fact that they held him the way right. that they were holding him, that's why they're being charged with kidnapping. And that's just the mm -hmm. beginning of the charges and of this stop. Um, I yeah. could not, I, I can't, I cannot physically watch videos of this, but I did hear the audio and I sobbed. I wanted to ask you kind of about how you felt about the video real quick. Um, I didn't watch because I, I know it. that a lot of black, 
a lot of black people don't like sharing of the video and don't like that. Like we repeatedly see kind of black people being killed and left in the street and things like that, that it's kind of like a trauma thing. But there's also people who believe like the revolution will be televised. You know, the whole reason that we had like a civil rights movement is because people got to see people being um, hosed off with fire hoses on TV, like on the six o'clock news. And that's the part of the reason why like so much change was able to happen. So, you know, Emmett Till's mother having to open casket so that the world mm-hmm. could see what they had done to her son. So like, you know, on one hand, that's why we need these videos to come out there and to be out there, but you said you couldn't even watch it. So then on the other hand, it's like, does it do us like a good to show the videos? Because I feel like this is one of the first time you see the video and something's happened. The other time right. we've seen these videos and like. I think so for, I think that it, it can absolutely be a tool. And I think that it's painful to watch, but for like, for me, I'm, I'm not blind to the issue that racism exists to this very day yeah 2023 i'm painfully aware of it i believe that there is police brutality i can't watch i can't watch anything like on tiktok like cruelty to kids racism i know it's there and i'm like trying to actively be a part in fighting it and speaking out against it and absolutely not saying that it's okay and i forced myself to listen to the audio so that we could have a conversation about it tonight but that's a great question. So all right. I to say, I think for people who are like, cause you, you yourself have said you've literally had conversations with people that are like, what are you talking about? Like racism isn't a thing. Like that was over when slavery was over. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like for those people, I think people of that, yeah. ignorance, whether it's like, um, ignorance that they won't let go or it is just genuine ignorance because maybe they don't necessarily see it day in and day out. They do need to see that because that is happening. Yeah. Right now in this very moment. Um, but the audio was I, I wept and wept and wept and wept listening to a grown man scream for his mother and be held up and assaulted. Right. Yeah. By the people yeah. that are supposed to help him out. Yeah. And so blatant, you know what I mean? And I and I think because nothing normally really happens you're going to have situations to where you really see like, it's just a blatant disregard for like their job and the, and the law and these people's lives. Cause like they know there's cameras, you know, there's body cameras. And I think um, a couple of the body cameras or one of them was covered during the incident um, as well. So like, they know they have cameras. They know there's like the dash cam footage and, and this kind of stuff is still just like, we think this is okay that we're just going to beat this boy you know, they you know, they said he was like 130 some pounds, like he was tiny, and all of these guys were like big, huge, you know, dudes. I, well, I, I know that doesn't make it any better, but it, oh, or like no. any worse. But I just the visual of that is just so you know, because he was he was a small guy. The and the whole thing about this too, like as I was listening to, um, like as I was listening to, to Ben Shapiro kind of cover it and kind of give his take. And he was kind of walking through like, Hey, this is probably what we're going to see in court. This is like on both sides. Um, but just like, like one thing he said, and I mean, I'm going to say something else. There's, this isn't just like a blanket statement. He was like, 
he said, you know, in one case, like if a police officer says, stop, don't run, because that's going to aggravate the situation. And then they're going to use like all this force. However, that's on one side. Right. But on the other side, this, this, this 29, what is he? 29. Oh my gosh. This 29 year old person, barely a man was probably so petrified, especially if he wasn't doing anything wrong. It was probably that flight fight or flight moment where he felt like he had to run. And then when he's being attacked, right, right. He did the right thing to run. So it's kind of like a don't run, but also like, why did he run? He was probably afraid for his right. life. Like you understand why. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that that is honestly a good point because there's a lot of people who will say, if you didn't do anything wrong, why do you run? If you didn't do anything wrong, then then don't run away. But like, yeah, if people are beating you up and you're being hurt and they're not listening to you and you're scared that they're going to kill you. Like you yeah, are going to want to run away. If you didn't do anything wrong, why are you getting pulled very over? Normal. If you didn't do anything wrong, why are you getting pulled over? Right. Right. And then to these guys, these police officers were a part of the scorpions. I think that's what they call it. The scorpion group. Yeah. It's like a in, inner, inner, you know, I'm always a little weary. Yeah, when you have a little secret police group, you know. Well, the thing that know, the thing that stinks about little, it is that apparently secret squirrel stuff. Secret squirrel stuff. <laughs> but like apparently <laughs> the the death rate in Memphis was like New York City just barely beat Memphis and Memphis is like I forget what, but like a thousand times tinier than New York City and their That's death small. their murder yeah. rate was right behind New York cities. And whenever this police force, which is supposed to have specialty training, specialty training in everything, like talking to somebody, talking to an assailant or whatever you want to call it, talking to a suspect, um, physical combat, they're supposed to have top of the line, more intensive training. So it's kind of like the Navy SEALs of this police department, so to speak. And they were seeing murder numbers go down. Well, then this happens. So now here's the deal. Was the group squirrely? Maybe. Were we seeing some good benefit from it? We were. But now guess what? The group's completely disbanded because now they're like, no matter what, the five of these guys, the five of these cops were a part of that group. So you're just done completely now. Like, like we're, we're done with this. The Scorpions or whatever. Um, I don't yeah. like the name, but apparently that's disbanded. <laughs> and I, there, there's so many things from start to finish in here and listening to it that it's just like i i still to this moment don't understand i i know that it has to be a very intense moment when you're pulling somebody over you have no clue how they're going to respond and nowadays we have no idea how a police is going to respond to us we have no idea what's going to happen we have no idea there is no trust so that's already intense and that's already like very heated i feel like very chemical, but I like, I don't understand how it then turns into let's hold him up. I'll hold him. You punch him in the face. Cause like now we are so far away from training. It's not even funny. And I, I do believe like there, I'm sure there are blurred lines where maybe cops take it too far. Maybe they don't take it far enough, but that right there, like the line is, we can't even see the line anymore. Like, yeah, like holding up. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we're all just taking. And that's why I was saying it, it was such a blatant, such just disregard for like anything. He was. It was really just like above him. and they were all beyond. Him. Like a gang. Yeah. Like you know, like when you're down and they just kick you, like in prison. That's what these guys yeah. are doing. Yeah. What? But I feel like sometimes those little there those squads and things like the scorpions and stuff like that can can empower them and make them feel kind of like a gang. Um, and it does suck when you have something that is working and you have people that ruin it for everybody. Um, you know, and we've all been part of situations where people have ruined it for everyone else. And, and, you know, hopefully that they can come to another way to figure out how to combat crime and stuff like that and, and figure something out. Um, you know, but it's like that, you know, we'll, we'll have to figure something out and, and maybe they'll have another variation of that group or something, you know, but police officers are the ones who go through all the training and they're the ones who are supposed to be professional and and remain calm in situations like this. And I just really feel like the onus has, is a lot of times on the person being pulled, pulled over on the person being stopped to keep calm and be professional and, and, you know, and everything that like they have training to to be able to do that and i just i don't really understand kind of that mentality because it is it, the situation is very intense and it and it can be very scary so if that's your job as a professional and you have the training for you to remain calm and try to de-escalate the situations then that's important for you to do but i think right. a lot of their training teaches them that de-escalation can be dangerous for them and can put themselves and their partners in a dangerous situation so the answer isn't always to de-escalate the situation it's to maybe keep it where it is or kind of escalate it to the point where you now you need to control the situation because so many of these incidences are happening and, and we talk a lot about the training, but what exactly is the training? Like, what are That's they actually being told? And what is You know, because like? so many of them are saying like, oh, right. I feared for my life. So my, you know, so their first thought is to pull out their gun and, and just to shoot without asking any questions and you know is that the training that they're receiving you know um is that what they're is that what they're being taught are they being taught to try to de-escalate situations you know and or are they being taught that you know hey everybody's crazy and you never everybody has a gun so just you know pull it out and, and kind of hope for the best because that's, you know, in these situations where we're seeing police officers jump to violence and jump to, to use of force so quickly. And, and when we're watching it, like, we just don't really understand kind of why that's happening. So like, yeah, what is actually their training? What are they being taught? How, how are they being taught? You know, there's well, a police department that was using all black people as their targets for their gun ranges. So like, if you're in a police department like that, like, and that's your training, who do you think you guys are going to be shooting? Like, subconsciously, you know, in your brain, like, who do you think you're going to be afraid of? Who do you think you're going to be nervous around? If all the targets on all your practice, people that you're using are all black, like that, you know what I mean? And and that filters down to your day-to-day job. So like, yeah, we could say, well, this the police department needs more training, but like, that's the training they're getting. Right. Where was that, by the way? What police- oh, I'm about to, I'm about to look it up really quick. Because if you live there, probably you should move. If you live there, you should probably (laughs) move. 
Jeez Louise. That, I mean, but see, like, and then that's something that I feel like I might not, I mean, I might not see it as much as a white woman, but I also might not see it as much because I live in a very diverse area where like, I don't know, but like, I'm telling you right now, one thing is why, why the jump though to uh, like aggressive violence against suspects is what I need to know. Yeah. Um, this said there was a, a Michigan police department. Ugh. In the Midwest. Stay on the East Coast, everyone. We're so, safe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um but that I mean, was it, thing... it definitely is uh No, go ahead. No, that's I just I like I think that you're right. I think that like and see that's that's the breakdown that I think that we do miss is coming and asking those questions. Cause I think we will say, are they trained? Cause in this situation, these guys are the top trained in their right, squad, their right. department. Okay. So, but like, what is the training then? Because there was a few people who did not engage, but they stood there and watched and didn't do anything. Right. You're right. just as guilty. And then you have all these other guys jumping to that aggression. And I think in my mind, if somebody's reckless driving, Nine times out of ten, they're probably drunk or high. So you don't need to use excessive. Right, right. Because they probably can't even stand up straight. So why was your automatic thought this aggressive thing to where, ugh, I like, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I, I don't understand it. But something has to change. There's, yeah. There is now, especially since a lot of this police mishandling and brutality was exposed and we've heard so much more about it and we're having mm -hmm. podcasts where people are talking about um oh my gosh i can't think of her name she was in texas she was put in jail in texas for for, for driving over the speed limit and died in the jail and nobody knows sandra bland yeah like we're yeah. we're starting yeah. to have all these crazy stories that are coming to the forefront thankfully like podcasts are exposing and it's like so now there is this basic mistrust of cops and Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. How many how many jerk off cops have you run into? Because I've run into a good amount. Well, yeah, I get pulled right, over for doing right. my eyebrows while driving. Okay, I admit it. I admit it. But then they come <laughs> at you like like I am some sort of crack whore who's like beating children and stealing from stores. And I'm like, right. I'm going on a dirt road doing my eyebrows and you happen to catch me. Like, okay. And I'm not I'm not saying right. that I'm not. Why are you being so cocky and rude and arrogant? and aggressive but like i can't imagine like that's just one situation where like i was more annoyed right. than anything but like being afraid for your life and not knowing what's going to happen when you get pulled over is a whole different level and there's this now intense mistrust i think of the police and then the police we don't know what they're being trained on because they don't trust us and there's that aggressive like instant right. a jump to violence and aggression it's like Right. We need a whole overhaul and a whole remake. But there's still a lot of people out there who don't even believe that the police treat people badly, you know, because they've never been treated bad, you know, and there's, you know, well, you need to respect them and you need to do this or you need to do that so that you don't get treated this way or that way. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. You know, disrespecting somebody is not a reason to arrest them or to abuse them or to beat them or anything like that. You know what I mean? It, you know, whatever the reason is, maybe somebody's just an asshole, 
but like that's just not a reason to escalate a situation to now you're so pissed off because somebody didn't show you the respect that maybe you do deserve and so now you're escalating the situation instead of just like writing them a ticket or giving them a fine or whatever and and just moving on it you know because somebody doesn't respect you or, or do whatever and it's like yeah, dude, should they have treated you better? Yeah, they should have, but they didn't. And at the end of the day, that's not, that's not a crime. And, you know, whenever these things happen and people will say like, you know, oh, well, he was high or, you know, he did this in his past and stuff. Like they didn't know that when that was happening, you know, they didn't know if he had drugs in the system. They didn't know if he had a criminal record. All they knew is that this was just a guy that was right here in this moment, all that stuff comes after her and that's just not an excuse you know police aren't supposed to be judge jury and executioner you know everybody's supposed to have the right to a fair trial so like if you think somebody really did something wrong and 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 you believe that and there's a leg to stand on then arrest them and take them to jail like you know what i mean then let them have the let them go through that process If, if old boy was reckless driving then let them go through the process of that you know right killing somebody over that is just insane and even if the person saying well he ran from the police okay so what like y'all can look him up you know where he lives the boy weighs 135 pounds okay he was going to his mom's house you could have found him it would have been okay you know like you can also (sighs) chase him and kind of subdue him nobody told you to beat the crap out of him like how because again like i'm saying i i and i'll stand by this you do not run from cops Right, don't do that. Like, do it. But also, if you are going to run from the cops because you are afraid or you're nervous or they said something and you're triggered, okay, then they should probably catch you, hold you down, and then arrest you, put you in the back of the cop car, drop you off of jail, book you. Period. Right. And I also, yeah. but like, I think this right. comes back to the conversation, right. and I see this so much, and I think that I'm not trying to oversimplify it because I know that sometimes it can be complicated, but I also know that sometimes it's not complicated. People get so, I had a conversation about somebody with, about this and the instant, (laughs) the instant response was, well, not all cops are bad. I literally never said that. Okay. Well, no, I didn't even say that. Like, but, but like, but again, it's like, (laughs) so we have, we have people like we're arguing about, are all cops bad or they, are they not? Are they all evil? Are they all great? Yeah. Right. What if there are some great ones and then there are some ones that are or have been wrongly trained or they're power hungry and haven't been held accountable because people that they work with are standing there right. and not doing or saying anything. It's like a whole, we're missing right. the real conversation because we're so focused point, on, yeah. I didn't say anything about all cops being bad. I said, this is crazy. They killed this child. Like, what do you mean? Like they, they right. hurt him and had a party right. circle. And the thing about it is if you are a police officer and you are a good person and you think this is wrong, then you should be able to say that and you shouldn't face any retaliation. And if the people who were standing around, let's say that this never came out and they were standing around and they went to their superior and said, hey, look, I didn't do anything then, but this is what happened. This is kind of what I witnessed and what I saw. How do you think that person is going to be treated? Because there's plenty of stories about people out there who have, quote unquote, ratted out fellow police officers and their careers have been tanked. They've been threatened, you know, and they've had they've been forced off the force or they haven't been promoted. 
And it's like, where are the people that are actually standing up and saying like, no, we, we shouldn't do this. This isn't good because until we hear from them, that's why people just kind of lump everybody in together. It's like, then these people need to stand up and they need to say, nah, dude, like this was, this was messed up. This was wrong. They shouldn't have done that. You know, let's hold each other accountable because this is making all of us look bad. Yeah. So like in this example, you, 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 and you, you're fired. You're also being criminally charged. So great. And also your little group is done. Like it's over. So it's, it's right. Right. The whole thing is like, I mean, we have to shine a light and shout out loud when there is police brutality happening because it's never okay. And, but again, like you said, I think we have to find a better system and we have to figure out a way to fix it. Because if all we do is share videos of people being murdered and mm-hmm. then get mad at the cops, that's right. not fixing it. If we don't show any videos, right. and what like is that the doing? Cops are all good. That's not fixing it. And then what is that doing still, either? Right. These kids are still dying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I, yeah. it's just, it's devastating. Girl. It's stressful. Oh like literally this mom now lo- no longer has her son for, for a reckless right. driving right. A reckless driving thing. Right. What? <laughs> what? Right. There's if, a situation if, if, that's if close that, to me yeah. that specifically involves reckless driving. And I think to myself, like, if this were to happen to this person who I know, like, I can't even, I cannot even fathom that. And that's like this. And Matt, right. And, and in your head, you'd be thinking over and over, like, they got killed over reckless driving. Like, that's, that was what, what it was. And also, and it's like, I want to know what happened okay. for the actual pullover, because why was he so afraid that he ran? Yeah. Yeah. I want to know. We want the body cam footage, Girl. you dicks. <laughs> I, I'm sure that we will have more updates on this story um, for you guys. So I don't know if you had seen this, but this was some positive news. Um, in the makeup front, <laughs> in the makeup industry, <laughs> um, a new U.S. law has eliminated the requirement that drugs and development must undergo testing in animals before given to participants in human trials. So this was for the pharmaceutical industry and also for partly for the beauty industry. Um, so animal rights activists have long pushed for such a move. Um, and some in the pharmaceutical in- industry have argued that animal testing can be ineffective and expensive. So um, the president signed this in. So that's another. You know, they're not going to be testing on animals. That's another great bill that he signed. Right. This is something that so I do. You... Always... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I. I, was gonna say, I, like I work in the beauty industry, and I used to work for a brand that was the so in this entire beauty place, whatever you want to call it, beauty store, this brand that I worked for was the only FDA regulated brand. Okay. So that was something that I would always speak to. I was like, this is the only brand that's regulated by the FDA. Now, knowing what I know now is like, that should not be much comfort to you. But Something that I always thought was interesting because they it didn't shouldn't, test but it. at least it's one. It's one thing. You're right. <laughs> that's something. positive. But the one thing that I remember having a discussion about with people was like the the animal testing, and I was always like, "It's the animal testing for me because I specifically have been instructed by my vet. I was giving my dog a rash because I was bathing it every day. 
because mm-hmm. I wanted it to be able to like come on the couch. He was like, she doesn't right, have the exactly. same. I also, I also overbathed Caesar. Well, that's before. what, so, yes, and so. the vet was like, you can't do that. They don't have the same skin that we have. You will cause a huge issue. That's going to be very expensive for you to fix. Very painful for the dog. So right then and there, they can't eat the same things. They don't have the same skin we do. Why are we, for, for what, what reason are we testing on animals? Right. Right. And if you're it's not even going to do the same thing. That's what I'm saying. And like, what if the animal is fine with it? But then I get a huge rash, just like I can eat grapes and my dog will die if she eats grapes. It's like, a, it, it doesn't even make yeah. any sense to me. So for what? And if your stuff is that toxic, like if you don't know your science down to a level that like, this is so toxic that I have to test it on a rat before I test it on a human being, you should probably rethink your oh, entire God. population, like from start to finish. Oh. Period. She's coming for you guys. I mean, I mean it. Mm. all right so this is something that my grandma i don't know where she heard this at but she did and she would tell me that i needed to be careful because when i get my nails done all the time that like when i put my hands in the little oven thing that it gives you cancer so apparently exposure to ultraviolet radiation is known to cause skin damage including skin cancer now new research has raised questions about the safety of nail dryers which use uv light to dry and cure gel nails the study shows long wavelengths of ultraviolet light from uv dryers can damage dna and cause manipulations and um what is it mutations in human cells that increase cancer, according to the Washington Post. Um, so I have just decided that I quit and give up on everything because yeah. I also found out my favorite orange juice could cause cancer. So everything is terrible. Get your nails done. Drink your orange juice. It's fine. It's <laughs> because, like, ultimately, like, what can you even? Uh, okay, this is this is why. Why do we have to have carcinogenics in our orange juice? Why can't we? Have you ever had fresh squeezed orange juice? It's delicious. Yeah, Nothing it's added to it. I just it. got a new juicer, guys. Um, I saw that. New juicer is amazing. So yes, fresh juice, cold pressed juice is is the best. I saw this one it's by definitely the, the best. She was um, saying cucumber, mint, and one pear, and it's like game changer for your hydration as well as your gut. But that's besides the point. I like. Yeah. I don't understand why <laughs> why the need to put it in there. And I think, girl, this comes back to my conspiracy theorist self i think ultimately big pharma runs everything because they have the most money and they don't make as much money off of us Mm. if we're well so like let's all be sick like literally like why do we need to have a carcinogenic in orange juice like somebody please tell me right and i i had just posted on my insta a thing and it was like 15 different foods that are like that you eat that are illegal and it's that they're illegal in other places. And one of them was like Mountain Dew. Like in the UK, like our Mountain Dew is just illegal. Cheese um, and Mountain just so many other things. Pop yeah. Pops. And it's just like, why do we live here? And why, why is this a thing here? Like, is it? And part of it is because obviously they can put cheaper products and ingredients in our stuff. But, you know, the big reasons, like you already make this stuff in a healthy way. Why make it here in a terrible way? You know, that's causing cancer and and causing people to be sick. For what? For what? We, and we, I know we definitely have the highest obesity rate. We have the highest diabetic rate. Mm -hmm. And we also have the highest cancer, cancer 
rate in America. Gee, I wonder freaking why. But I, I like again, like yeah, that's the thing is yeah. like, you could make a healthy alternative, you just choose not to. For what reason? Like to what right. end? And I and I don't Yeah, yeah. And people just don't know that because people assume. And I don't think this is wrong to assume this. I assumed it too. You assumed it too. Like the FDA is an organization that regulates our makeup and our food and our beauty products and stuff. And like, they would never allow powder to have talcum in it, which causes cancer, you know, and they would never allow big company like, right, with Johnson and Johnson, they would never allow company like that to, to produce such a thing. And it's like, no, we're wrong. They did. And they are. And do they produce some that doesn't include that in every other country? Absolutely, they do, except over here for us. Um, and it's and people don't realize that that is happening. And so there's the, like it's like the world is actively trying to kill us, you know. Well, and and these things are just not good. Well, and you see, I see this on TikTok all the time. People here who have gluten sensitivities, Crohn's disease, lactose intolerant you name it, we'll go, oh, um, uh, insulin resistant, all these things. We'll go over to Paris and eat cream in their, drink cream in their coffee, hot chocolate, bread all day, lose weight mm-hmm. and never feel better and not right. get sick at all. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> that is right. not. Well, because I mean, our, our cheese wouldn't even count as cheese. What, what, like the our hamburger our ground beef can't be sold over there because it doesn't count as meat that's what else is there to say about you know about that and also i would just like to add though what can you do what can you even do that that's a good if question. everything is bad and everything like like you know what is, what is <laughs> what is the point well i watched have you ever heard of bobby approved <laughs> My boss told me about him and now I'm obsessed with him. He'll go into like Aldi or Costco and he'll be like, this says it's healthy. This is in the organic section or whatever. And he's like, but look at the label. And this is what that means. Right. And it's crazy to me how much more money I'll spend on organic. And do you know what it means? Nothing. Made from non-GMOs. Do you know what that means? It's still made from trash. And I, and I, yeah. Yeah. So what what do you do? I don't know. Move. Right. Is anyone <laughs> in Scotland or Ireland hiring? <laughs> grow your own food, I guess. I would. Oh love my gosh. To grow um, Chelsea. On the farm. Also, go birds. Um, I'm representing the Eagles here. So. What a time to be alive in Philadelphia. Uh, we're going to the Super Bowl. The second, we're going the to the Super Bowl. <laughs> the second the game ended, fireworks. I was like, okay, Delco. The second the game ended. Dude. I wanted to be on Broad Street so bad, so bad. I watched it from like a lazy boy. I couldn't even like jump up and like even when I was like, I'd like put my arm up, it hurt, and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, I just wish I was in Philly so bad right now. Oh my! So gosh. I actually had this incredible opportunity to live on Broad Street before I had my daughter, and I re- my I remember the last time the Phillies won. And people literally just poured into the streets. Into the streets. And and everyone was jumping up and down and screaming. Nobody knew what to do. Like, they were just so overcome (laughs) and overwhelmed. Cars cars just couldn't go through. It was just mass 
people yeah, in the yeah. street on Broad Street. Broad Street was shut down. People are climbing poles. They're there. People are just screaming yep. and shouting and freaking for, for hours. For hours. Yeah. It smelled like weed. And I was just like, and I showed up. Just, I showed up to your apartment on Broad Street when we, on, when uh, the during the Eagles Parade. That's yeah. like, well, totally trash. It was a great day. It was freezing. <laughs> It was freezing, but it was like, it was the craziest thing to see them. Cause that was before the Super Bowl. They went out and I'm like, nobody even knows what to do. And my husband and I were just like, like on the balcony. We were just like, this is insane. The energy you were talking about chemical uh, palpable. Yeah. Yeah. And I even felt like, and I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't even watch the game. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they won. I feel like it's that same energy. Oh and gosh, I feel like they have bro. a really good chance. Yes. Cause apparently that game was really boring that they just won. Like it was like a no... I mean, we blew them out. Yeah, period. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Just saying. E A G L E S Eagles. Eagles. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh god, guys, I'm so excited. Um, all right. So this is super depressing, by the way, guys. Um, so trigger warning. This one is a doozy. Okay, so I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. Kaysen and Kyrie, or Kai Air, I think, um, the twins. So I don't know if you guys remember, a couple months ago, there were two little black twins that got kidnapped, okay? So they got a national attention after um, Nala Jackson kidnapped them on December 19th. So the twins' mother, Barnett, was working as a DoorDash driver, and she stopped at a pizza restaurant to pick up an order. When she went into the building, Jackson stole her car with the infants in the car seats, right? A couple of hours later, um, Jackson abandoned one of the twins outside of the airport, which was like 70 miles away. And then the other child was found abandoned inside the stolen car in an Indianapolis parking lot um, a few days later. So the twins ended up being found and ended up being brought back home. And the story received a lot of nationwide attention because the, the babies were adorable. It was a really sad story. And I think that it actually really touched people's hearts because she was like working DoorDash and trying to like better her life. And she didn't have childcare and, you know, she had her kids. There were some people that kind of criticized her, but for the most part, it seemed like people were kind of like, you know, she's, She's trying to do it all, you know? Um, and then, so this is what caught my eye because I thought this was just so insane. So the police responded to reports of a baby that wasn't breathing after Kair was transported. Huh? When when did they find him not breathing? When he was at the airport? Or well, no, so lot? this was, no, no, no. This was after, so this is, so they were found back in December. So this was like a couple, this was like a couple weeks later. So a couple okay. weeks later, the police respond to the house of um, reports of a baby not breathing. And then the baby was transported to the Nas Nationwide Children's Hospital and they pronounced the baby dead. The family spoke to reporters and they said that, um, Kair choked during a feeding and an aunt of the twins said that the, the baby had choked on milk. So this is according to the shade room. And I don't know, like if this was 
if any foul play was going on or whatever, I thought the story was just really, really strange. Um, because after the twins were kidnapped, they got found separately. And then for one of the twins to just kind of die, I just thought it was such a weird, weird um, story. And initially the story kind of just, it kind of touched me because, you know, I'm a single parent and it's hard out here. You know, you're trying to work, you're trying to earn money. And if you're doing something like DoorDash, like you're probably not making enough to pay for childcare, you know, and I just assume I just put myself in in a position and say like, okay, well, when I was trying to pay for childcare for one kid, it was like $650 a month. So for twins, I can't even, and infant twins, I can't even imagine what that would cost. And so like you, I know she didn't make enough money to do that. And it's either like you're, you have a choice of sit at home with your kids and not work and not make any money or try to have a job and make money, but not like you have to take your kids with you, you know, like, I mean, I feel like anybody who has a problem with that clearly has never had that issue. You're probably extremely privileged in that sense that you've never had to not be able to have, be in that position where you have to either choose, I don't have childcare, so I can't go to work, or I'm going to go get a job and be proactive where I can make money. I'm just going to have to take my kids with me. Right. But I'm I'm confused because right. you were saying that your daughter was oh go ahead uh, I'm I'm just confused though like how do you choke on milk I understand choking but not choking to death on milk right and that <laughs> because I was wondering the same thing because I was like if they were eating cereal or something I I could understand that but I thought the choking on milk thing was really weird and she like, said he choked on milk during a feeding so he was being fed. So if you're choking and a child chokes, and yeah. trust me, it's obvious. You, you, instant. Uh, like, right, right. I'm confused. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, me too. No, it's it's definitely weird. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I thought I thought I the story was know. definitely just really, really. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Because it was such a it was like such a sad then happy story Um because the kid, you know, because they were found and stuff like that or whatever. But um, no, when you were telling me earlier today that your daughter was sick, you know, and when you're in situations like that, it's like, if you don't have anybody else to watch them, then you're taking them with you, you know, like, you know, she would have been coming with you today to do whatever, or you would have had to totally take off work and then just be home, you know, the whole exactly. And yeah. that's like, you were going to say that, like when you were saying, <laughs> Um, like you're a single mom and it's hard. And I'm like, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, I'm not a single mom and it's hard. And I have like people yeah. who are readily accessible if I'm like, I need help really, but you know what I mean? And it's still hard. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I, yeah, this is really bizarre. I really hope to follow this and get more answers because I hope this the other baby's okay too. This yeah. sounds so weird. Yeah, no, no, it it really, really, really does sound super weird and strange. Um, I hope the other kids okay. I don't know if she has any other kids either. Um, but I just was like, ooh, girl, yeah. Mm-mm. Look at you keeping your professional <laughs> boundaries right now. <laughs> 
Girl, uh-uh, because I would be in there trying to take all the other kids away. I'd be like, no, what? We just need to have a timeout for, yeah. for, everybody, <laughs> for everybody's kids. We just well, especially have, when like, you're like, sis, I'm rooting little... for you. I'm rooting for you. I'm like, you got to take the kids and DoorDash. Right. Good for right. you for getting out there and hustling. Right, yeah. What happened? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How old are these? How old are these? No, Oh, they were a couple months. Like they were baby so they're babies. They're little, like little, little. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they you were know little, what? Little. I feel like yeah. Not to be negative, but I feel like the world can be so dark. And the, when kids get, when stuff like this happens to kids, it's just like it's such a failure in so many ways. And I think, like, I instantly think of like the church that's supposed to be like. Like, I feel like if the church was doing what they're supposed to be doing, we wouldn't have people that were like, oh, my gosh, I don't have childcare," Or, like, I have to think of, like, either taking my kids with me or whatever. I feel like there would be, like, systems in place. There would be support. And it's just, like, I can't, girl. This this is tragic on so many levels so, for me. I'm devastated. No, it, it really is. And the reason that churches are, um, I mean, some of you probably might think like, wow, that went like left, but it, <laughs> because churches are, are supposed to be, uh, they're tax-free. And the reason that they're tax-free is because they're supposed to be a, a, a hub for the community and a place to where you have people who can go get food, food pantry, clothes pantry, like shelter, homeless shelters, day shelters, daycare, all that kind of stuff. That's kind of where the thought process came by not taxing churches. So as people who grew up in the church, you know, the whole focus is, is supposed to be on helping widows and orphans and, you know, the people, the poor who need the help. And you have churches nowadays that are making millions of dollars and you have mega churches and you even just have regular smegular churches and they're just not doing their part to help bring up the community and nurture the community and and be a part of the community by you know maybe providing free or cheap child care you know by providing after school programs for kids or programs to help kids read or do different things and that's the whole reason why they're tax free and they don't do that so that's kind of where the disappointment comes into like well this is where the church is supposed to come in and and kind of help people so that's just kind of where that idea um is what that you put it around came from and you know and i don't necessarily agree and i also think that this is where like the community comes into and when you talk about police reform um and that conversation are always obviously going to be coming up because of tyree nichols and like the police brutality thing when the communities that have the least amount of crime are communities that have community centers they have, um, you know, after school programs, they have preschools, they have daycares, they have jobs, they have libraries, you know, they have public transportation, they have all of these things that make your community better. And in turn, those things make your community safer. And it's not having more police that make your community safer. Statistically, it's having all of these things like you having your community having support for the people of that community means that less crime happens. When you have a community that offers free preschool, free preschool, 
years later in that community, the dropout rate is way lower. You know, the college acceptance rate is way higher. The uh, the statistics of crime are way down. Um, single parent statistics go down. There's so many things that happen when you offer childcare to communities and and you support them that help the communities so, so much. And if that means that that's going to come from the church or the government or whatever, like, but that should be what is, what is happening. And that's kind of a conversation that's, that's definitely being missed because when you look at, so this, this family, for instance, it's like, okay, well, kind of like, what kind of future are these kids going to have? Because what's going to happen to their mom, you know, what's going to happen to their family and are they going to be able to be raised and become productive members of society? Or is it going to just continue a cycle of, you know, poverty and, and violence and people kind of staying in the same place, you know, but I think you're right to wonder like, this is, you know, people need help. She obviously was struggling um, and is still struggling obviously and, and, and needed help and support. And there, there wasn't anybody, there wasn't anybody there to help. I hate it. I also want to take this time to yeah. make a public service <laughs> announcement. If you are involved with the church that is not involved in the community, I think you need to take some serious restock of the situation and the Bible and really dig deep and see what <laughs> Jesus talks about to be true religion. Just saying. Right. I like, like, yeah, and I think yeah, of and that too. I'm like, I, I looked for a church for forever. I'm like, and I'm super proud to be involved in the church that I went to in the city. They created a church funded after school program for people in Philadelphia because the children in Philadelphia in the city of Philadelphia have the lowest literacy rate. So they're like, listen, dig deep people. We're paying for this. These kids are coming yeah. here. We're going to pay for buses to bring them here. We're going to provide a state, uh, a safe place. We're going to pay for all the clearances for the volunteers. We're going to volunteer. We're going to teach these kids to read. We're going to make a difference right. in the city that way. It wasn't just like, come to my church, come to my church, I come to my church. Like, how can I be? And I, the church I go to now, I'm like, you know how they're celebrating the Super Bowl? The hunger rate in Delco went up by 14%. And then the food donations oh went God. down by 10%. So hunger went up, food yeah. donations went down. So they're like, you know how we're going to celebrate the Super Bowl? We are literally hitting up all these people. So we canvas and we canvas like, I think it's 18 miles, like hundreds of thousands of homes. And we're like, Hey, we're collecting canned goods. We're going to pick them up next week. Just drop it off at your doorstep. Yeah. I'll come pick it up. And we have so many people committed to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give. People thought it was great because it's like, we're going to come pick it up for these people who are hungry. All you have to do is literally put it outside your door. I'm not going to bother you on Saturday right. morning. I'm going to come pick it, it up. And like, and in my mind, I'm like, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's what this is all about. So if you're going to a church right. that's all about like the music being like loud enough and like the lights being right and like the sermon being only 45 minutes, <laughs> you need to rethink yourself. That's all I'm going to say. I think that's a great idea. And when you told me about the literacy program, I thought that was absolutely amazing and something that so many other people and other organizations and churches should, should be doing. And just by doing that one thing, like in year, in a few years, you'll see the impact of that because those kids will move on to middle school and high school and they'll, they'll probably have a higher success rate of graduation and going to college 
and things like that. And that can really impact a community. And it's those type of things that help build a community and help get people out of poverty. Um, it's not necessarily over-policing and, and criminalizing everything. You know, it's, it's actually helping people and giving them a hand because so much crime is because of poverty, you know, and well, do you gun remember, violence is like, because of, of, of poverty. And you probably don't even think of this because it's just like what you do. But do you remember when you helped to start the program in the juvenile detention center in Illinois? and like i do yeah i would hear stories all the time you're like you're like i'm just playing basketball with these girls and like literally they'd they'd be like oh my gosh like i was gonna get in a fight or i was gonna do this or i was gonna do that but like because they were able to blow off some steam and have a conversation with somebody who's not in the same situation and play play basketball like fights didn't happen and it is it's like the community it's it's such an interesting idea to look at where the change really does take place and i couldn't agree with you more like what if we just didn't even need the police that much not because they're all terrible or they're all amazing but like because the community was doing what the community needs to do and have each other's backs because it's hard out here it's so hard out here it's even harder now like the church should be the church the community should be the community and we should be helping each other period yeah i'm glad they're doing that food drive um I know that around here, donations had kind of gone down. They went back up, obviously, over the holiday and stuff like that. But they're still doing a lot of food drives and everything. And, um, yeah, there's people really in need and and hungry and struggling to pay their bills and stuff. Everything is is so expensive. And there's people on fixed incomes. And it's just not doable to do it all, you know, for, for everybody. And there's, and I'm glad like my, um, my daughter's school offers free lunches and breakfast and stuff for them. So everybody gets breakfast in the morning. You can take it or not take it. You don't pay for it. Everybody gets lunch, you know, everybody gets snack and stuff. So that's good because a lot of times those are the only meals that kids are getting, you know, um, and being provided with and everything. So like, Oh, that's nice. I know you said that they did something for like Veterans Day and everything. Well, they're no, but they're always like they're hitting us up. They're like, next week we're collecting ground coffee, um, non dairy creamers, sugar packets, stirs, paper cups, and socks and gloves for veterans. But like all the time, I'm like, this is which hey, that's great. I'm like, yeah, what's up? They love the veterans in Delco (laughs) as they should. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I was, um, so I had, I sent you things about, they were doing like a forum on like child abuse and child trafficking and stuff here in the area. So I've just been thinking of like, for you to get involved with something down by you and for us to figure out kind of like, because there has to be a way for you to obviously keep your job and like still live and make money, but also do what you want to do and be passionate about. And I figured out a way to do it up here, what I, you know, want to do and stuff. Right. And for you to kind of get involved in, and even maybe just create something like, you know, create space for yourself and, and find a way to look at this organization, that organization and find a way to kind of create something that worked for you and your schedule and that you can do, but also like make the impact that, that you can make, you know, whether you start, 
collecting clothes for women who are trying to get out, you know, or um, nice clothing or, or whether you offer, you know, lashes and makeup for people who are going back into the workforce, or, you know, whatever, you know, for us to find a way for you to kind of like try to, you know, figure out something for you to give back. And especially if like your school district and stuff, if they're really big on on helping people and the veterans and getting donations and stuff. So I've, we're looking for donations for vets too. If you guys have, uh, want to donate to a new roof for American Legion post 274, we have a Venmo. So there seems to be a lot of, <laughs> there seems to be a lot of <laughs> veterans in your area. There is, this I, is one of the highest areas with veterans in the U S Okay. Uh, yeah. I was like, I don't know if it seems like that because I know you and you're a veteran. So you are surrounded with veterans or if it's just because they're, they're yeah. there, but they're just there. And there's probably a lot down in your area. I'm assuming if they kind of focus on it a lot too. So, I mean, I live right by AMVETS. Okay. Just saying. I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> Not like anybody's going to, but I'm just saying. Um, is AMVETS the same as veterans? They always have parties. Yes. Yeah. Um, they also are a really great resource for if you are trying to get help with your disability or appeal a disability decision. Um, I know, I think I went through AMBETS um, initially when I was doing my disability filing and claim and stuff. When okay. I was first getting out. So they can be very, very helpful. Yeah. Oh, girl. I love that. So definitely. But um, I like that too. I like that your school is um, getting the kids involved and, and doing different stuff like that. So have you joined your all about. PTA? No, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I have not. But you know what? That was one of my goals, though, to get involved in my community. Because I, I don't know why, but this is actually something, side note, like my whole life, I've always been involved with things that are so far from where I live. And I don't know why. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I am. But so now I'm like, okay. My husband and I were like, our daughter's going to the school. She's going to do all local sports. And we were looking for a new mm -hmm. church and we were looking like all far away. And he was like, we we're like, no, we're going to church like in here, like in our county, yeah, like yeah. all this stuff. And I feel like we've made slow progress. So our daughter goes to school. Right. She's enrolled in local sports. And now we found a church. But I do think that that's the most important thing. And I think that's the one thing I'm feeling out with my church is like, it's a, it's a, I'm not, I'm not joining anything if you're not involved in the community because you're clearly not a church if you're not doing that. So that was a huge right. like thing for me where I was like, okay, these people are doing a ton in Delaware County. So I want to be involved, but, um, <laughs> low power mode. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely do need to get involved in the PTA because I definitely think I probably bring know where i live my perspective might not be super different but um because yeah, i do live yeah. in a very blue collar area where everybody works a lot works really hard values family um and like show up for the kids it's really like they had a father-daughter dance at my daughter's school i the saw line. all the pictures but they weren't even <laughs> girl i can't stand them <laughs> They're so cute, but it wasn't They first of all, I love that they didn't call it father daughter dance. They said it's for the girls of the elementary school and their special someone. So like whatever, like an uncle, a dad, a brother. Yeah. Brother, case I like be. that. When yeah. I tell you these men who are all like workers, like we're talking about plumbers, construction workers, uh, electricians, 
they're all lined up outside of the school. Like these men showed up and showed out and they were dressed, honey. We're talking like khakis, a button up. And I was like, you know, it it is really great to see that like they were probably They were doing it for them. Oh yeah. They were probably mortified. They're probably like, Oh my gosh. But they all did it. And I'm like, the way that my community shows up for the kids, I really love. And it's not like a wealthy or whatever community, but it's so nice to like, to see that. But yeah, this, we all need to be involved in our communities. And I really appreciate that comment. And I'm going to take that as great accountability and make the time to get involved because it matters. (laughs) And I want to encourage all of our listeners and our watchers to get involved in your kids' schools, get involved in the PTA, get involved in your community. If you don't have kids, you can, there's always something to be done. And you'd be surprised if you do even a little bit of research of how you can help in different ways that are probably really interesting to you. And that would really be life-giving to both you and the people who need the services. So this is your public service announcement for that as well. (laughs) I agree. And on that note, guys, I want to wish everybody a happy Black History Month. Um, Today is the first day of Black History Month. And I am super excited about it. Um, I have been learning so much Black history in the past five years um, since, you know, Tamir Rice and George Floyd and um, Trayvon Martin, all the things that have happened in the protests and things have just flooded like so much Black history that has been forgotten or never taught. So I've been learning so much. So um Definitely look up your local library and see if they have any events and different things. Um, I'm involved in a couple of things for Black History Month as well. And I know that the community is a really great resource. Um, Your daughter's school might be having a Black History Month program or something like that. Um, But I definitely am happy that it's something that's in the forefront now and people are really talking about it. Um, they're on Hulu. There's a show called the 1619 project. It was also a podcast. It is, I listened to the podcast guys. I probably listened to it like five times. It's so good. Um, I started watching the show. It's amazing. It You'll learn so, so much. So definitely like, you know, step outside your comfort zone, watch something you didn't think you'd watch, like support Black creators, um, support Black podcasts, support Black businesses, um, and everything during Black History Month. Really get out there. Our Target has a really great um, Black History Month section, and it's like local... Um, small businesses and they have some really great stuff and you can see like who's where the proceeds go to and stuff like that and everything so it's really really great I'm glad it's like definitely more mainstream um I don't know if you guys know this but I know where it's we're like almost an hour but when I was in the Navy like Black History Month was literally the most racist time to be like alive <laughs> because like I don't know what would happen, but, like, the racist people would just, like, get real emboldened and mad when it was Black History Month and just, like, get... It was like, I'm going to be extra racist because it's Black History Month. So, like, for a long time when I was in, I really kind of shied away from it um, and celebrating it and stuff. So after I've been out, it's been really nice to kind of see, like, all the history and, and, and learning about different things. Like I said, like, there's so much that... I still don't know and that I learn all the time. So definitely guys, definitely get out your comfort zone, check out 6019, the podcast or even the show. Um, And we'll be back next week with an also, also check out the politics, also check out the politics, but make it fashion one 
Instagram, Amber Viola yes. created some very beautiful Black History Month art that we shared <laughs> on there. And I'd also like to encourage you guys to share your art for Black History Month with us so we can post it on our Instagram. Um, and yeah, happy Black History Month, everybody. And I will be part of um, the panel for Thursday, February 2nd, Mind Over Matter, Veterans Wounded Within. It is WVIA, our PBS and NPR affiliate. Um, and I also have a podcast coming out on NPR on Thursday. <laughs> so dying. that is like a nerd dying. dream. I'm dying, guys. I'm going to be on NPR. <laughs> So I will definitely post a link in our socials, but it's called Mind Over Matter Podcast, and it is about PTSD and um, mental health issues dealing with veterans and things like that. So we will talk wait. to you guys next week and chat soon. Uh, okay, let's see. I think.